Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. I hope that you're doing well here today on Tuesday, May 23rd. 2023. Lockdown Blue Devils, of course, is your daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. On today's show, we've got a mailbag edition due up. You've been sending in your questions. They've been amazing. Send us an email, LockdownBlueDevils at gmail.com, or you could simply send it to us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and we'll answer your questions all throughout these episodes when we do mailbag editions of the program. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure that you subscribe on YouTube to watch the show daily each and every day. Without further ado, very excited to bring on my good pal and colleague Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Josh, I hope all is well. We're starting to get a better concrete idea of what the roster is going to look like for Duke and uh, really excited to dive into some of these mailbag questions. Yeah, mailbag is one of my favorite things that we do, JJ. And I know during the during the middle of football and basketball season and stuff to get the mailbags every now and then, but um, always a good time and looking forward to talking about it for sure. Yeah, let's dive right in then. Here's our first question coming in today. We were asked, is it a big deal that Duke is the only Power 5 school to not lose a player in the transfer portal. We talked about this exclusively uh, with uh, Mr. Trotter from 24-7 Sports a few weeks back. Jeff Goodman was the first to kind of report this out there, but uh, you think that's a big deal? I mean, listen, in the landscape of college basketball right now with so many guys leaving and so many guys for, for various reasons, right? For People can look at it you know, selfishly or unselfishly. It doesn't matter. There are good reasons and probably bad reasons for people to transfer to another school. And – even before this, right before the landscape changed, it was not uncommon for Duke to have players to transfer out. I mean, we've had that take place, you know, for the last 25 years, you know, within right. the program and, and, and further back even. And so for Coach Shire to come in in his first season, to see the success that he saw, to make some difficult choices, honestly, in playing time and guys that came in like you and I have – talked all, all year about Jaden shoot and to see a kid like that come in, not get the playing time that he was hoping to get and still decide to stay. It has to be something that we applaud coach Shire and the rest of the staff for, because at the end of the day, these guys come to Duke, they're recruited by Duke. Duke wants these guys to stay. And the fact that something in that culture this past 12 months has, uh, has convinced every single person on that roster to either go pro or to stay um, is, is, that is a feat in 2023, for sure. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see how many players have entered the transfer portal across the sport to see um, in the ACC alone, Josh, it's between 10 and 15 players have ultimately decided just to switch yeah. ACC schools. A lot of guys have – it feels like <clears throat> trades are happening with the interconference movement that's taking place. And for Duke to not be involved in that whatsoever – is kind of mind-boggling, honestly. So uh, kudos to John Shire and his staff for the work that they have done. It's, it's definitely difficult to get these folks to buy into what you're trying to do, but uh, they've clearly done a good job right out of the gates. All right, yeah. moving on. Okay, go I'm, ahead. I'm sorry. The only thing I was going to say is, like, and I want to, re, re, I want to reiterate that. 
Um, this is people were always asking, what's the difference? What's going to be the difference between a Coach K coach team and a Shire coach team? Right. And I'm not saying it's for better or for worse here, but I, I, I just my opinion here, I don't know if the way minutes were d- distributed in the Coach K environment and the way Shire handled this team this year would have been the same. And then I think the resulting fallout of those decisions, like I believe a Coach K coach team in 2023 would have had someone or two transfer. And I'm not saying that in a critical way. I'm just saying it is the difference. Shire seems to be a little bit more of a player's coach. He seems to play his bench a little bit more. He seems to keep a little bit more of like, I want to keep these guys happy. And once again, you can think either way on that, but I believe it is a little bit of a unique thing to coach Shire uh, in comparison to coach K. All right, moving on. What is the latest on the Boozer twins? Who should we be worried about trying to get them instead of us? That came in from a devil in a blue dress on Twitter who always sends in great questions. So uh, kind of a recruiting question. I'm going to send this your way, Joe. I know how deep you're plugged into these high school recruiting uh, efforts out there. But the Boozer twins is a significant one. So what's the latest that you've seen, man? Well, since I run a football podcast, I can confidently (laughs) say – that I am more in tune to basketball recruiting though than I am football recruiting because it's a little bit easier to follow. Less There's players to keep up with. Yeah. Yeah, fewer decommits, <laughs> like all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, so obviously we know that that Carlos Boozer's sons, uh, you know, Cameron is the number one uh, player in the 2025 um, class. His brother, twin brother Caden is, you know, most places a top 20, 25 guy. Um, and, you know, they, they have a lot of offers. Some of them, you know, seemingly are going to not really make it to the end. I mean, I, I, I would assume your Florida's and your Florida States and people like that are going to eventually fall off that list. Um, you know, obviously like an Arkansas state. I mean, I'm looking at the list of their offers right now. Yeah. <clears throat> They're going to fall off, but I think there's a couple of, uh, of legitimate offers there. Um, Michigan is, is sitting there um, with an offer. Uh, that's obviously it's a Jordan brand school. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of positive things there. You've got Miami and I know, I know on historical basketball, that's not a huge deal, but what Larinaga has done there and the success that he's had, and we have to talk about NIL, right? We have to talk about that a little bit. They have been known not to just help you get deals, but they will, they are going to give you like through their collective, they're paying Nigel pack hundreds of thousands of dollars to play for them. And so I think Miami's got to be in the conversation. And then here recently, within the last just few days, we've seen two heavy hitters come in, and that's Kentucky and UNC. Um, and so I believe between Michigan, Miami, Kentucky, UNC, we have to keep our, our eyes on those. Now, I would love to hear from you, JJ, about what what – can we think of another scenario – where if where there's a former player's kid and he's recruited by both Duke and UNC, right? Has that ever been a scenario, right? Where you have sons of a player from UNC, you know, go to Duke or sons of a player from Duke go to UNC. Yeah, that's difficult. That that is an amazing thought exercise to think about, right? I mean, uh, because there have been several NBA guys whose players have been recruited by both, right? Like Austin Rivers is one of the Mm -hmm. top players in the country, but Doc doesn't have an affiliation to Duke or UNC. So, um, yeah. And then you have the brothers. 
Right. Well, like, you know, Jeff Cable come to Duke, Jason Cable goes to UNC, right? Sure. I mean, that, you know. Sure. On the spot, though, I don't know that that has been something that's taken place. If we're missing anybody, of course, you and I are kind of on the timer here. Folks might have a little yeah, bit yeah. more time <laughs> watching or listening to us to dig up a little bit. Let us know in the comments because that's a really interesting sort of thought exercise. The latest on Duke and uh, all of this appears to just be that they're very active and that uh, rightfully so John Shire wants yeah. to get this done. Um, Carlos Boozer was a heck of a player for Duke, a national champion for the Blue Devils. Um, but who to be concerned with? I, I think Miami is the one right there as well. It's mm -hmm. important to point out also that the Boozer twins currently play in Miami. They've grown up there in the Miami area. So it's kind of right there in the backyard with a lot of family around. Um, but I, I think Duke should feel good about where they're at. Right. I'm going to believe that Duke is in a good spot until we hear that they aren't. So, and I would agree with you. Everything, everything seems to be pointing that direction, or, or it looks like this. Everything seems to flow through Durham for them, right? And so if, if for some reason they wind up at Miami, um, you know, it's going to be something that pulls them away from Durham. I think, I think Duke has that, that edge. I think, you know, Carlos Boozer has kept a really close relationship with the program uh, throughout the years, even while he was in the NBA. And then now, you know, with the ACC Network and all the other work that he does, stays very connected with the program, K Academies, all those types of things you see him around. And so I believe that obviously uh, he probably selfishly, you know, really hopes that they follow in his footsteps, continues that legacy here in Durham. And then one of the things we have to realize is you're going to have Cameron that's going to come in for a brief pit stop. It's going to yeah. be a one year and he's gone, but Caden, there's a, there's a good chance he's going to be a multi-year guy. And so I think that while I know Cameron's getting all the accolades and rightfully so, I mean, the kid is amazing. I think that, you know, that, that second year, for his brother, maybe something that factors into this decision a little bit more than what people think. And so once again, I think you see in Filipowski come back for a second year, Martin Mitchell come back for a second year. I think a second year at Duke is not uh, something that would be out of the equation. And I think it could help uh, in the long run. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Ultimately we're going to be following it a lot. That's still two classes away, right? We've still got this upcoming 2024 class. And then those guys along with Cooper flag right now, in the class of 2025, unless things uh, start to reclassify and that sort of, that would be one heck of a class if you're able to get all those guys. Let me tell you something. I, I, I don't know if, if Cooper flag and Cameron Booz are co committed to the same college, that would, there, there's not a more dominant right now, like high school duo. Than yeah. Those two guys. Not too shabby. If that were to take place, not at all. All right, let's take our first time out on the program and we'll continue our conversation here in just a moment. Locked on Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. We're in the heart of the NBA playoffs, and you want to make it a fast break right now to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. No better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. As we move forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, it's a mailbag edition of the program. JJ Jackson alongside Josh Cox. Thanks again to our sponsor there at FanDuel. Uh, and the NBA playoffs do continue to move forward. Congratulations to Jack White. 
uh, and the Denver Nuggets making a trip to the uh, NBA Finals after they swept LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers. And the entire conversation in the sports world right now, Josh, is whether or not LeBron James is going to retire after 20 years of playing basketball. He had some some, uh, pretty eyebrow-raising comments after the team was eliminated. Yeah, uh, the only thing I'll say about that is if there's one player in the NBA who knows exactly what his words are going to mean like and are going to be taken as yeah. <laughs> correct. It's it's LeBron James. He knew that was very calculated. There's a reason for that. I don't know what the reason is. Uh, I do know that LeBron is physically capable of playing basketball for a few more years, and we all know, you know that that Bronny is uh, is heading to USC for you know what's probably one season. So. You know, I, I don't know what his angle is, but there is an angle. And listen, he's earned it. He's earned uh, he's earned the ability to do that. And so it'll be interesting to see what this offseason looks like. Yeah, a lot of people trying to speculate whether or not uh, he'll be playing next year. So uh, we'll leave that for another day, however. So let's keep going here in the mailbag. Tease this one right out of the gates. But a really good question coming in here from Blue Devil Basketball Rocks uh, asking, What's the excitement level for Jeremy Roach returning to Duke? Kind of talked about it a good bit last week when the news yeah. came through, but just from a pure excitement level perspective, where did you sit when you saw that news? Well, there's two things here in play for me. Number one, it was it was unheard of in Duke basketball history that a a team captain who was a junior in good standing with the program who probably wasn't going to go pro, right? Like, like I think we, we kind of all saw that, was, was even considering doing anything else. And once again, we spoke to it with the first question, the landscape of college basketball in 2023, you never know. You never know. And so I was fully respected Jeremy's ability to test the waters, whether that was NBA, whether that was overseas, or whether that was to transfer. Like, I, I, you know, he obviously had multiple options that he could have chosen. Right. And so for Duke to not only return, you know, Mark Mitchell, Kyle Filipowski and others, but to also return uh, a player, the caliber of Jeremy Roach, a player who has been there two years ago, uh, was one of the team leaders that led that team to the final four in that run that they had. Um, he was uh, instrumental in many games last season. In fact, you could argue, and nothing ever came out about this, but he, you know, he he tweaked that toe or his foot sometime during the middle of the season, and I don't believe he was the same player uh, since then. There would be a couple of times where, if you watched off the ball, it felt it would seem like he was, you know, favoring his his foot a little bit. And so, for him to come back and hopefully be fully healthy, be a senior, and to be able to lead this team, man, how can you not be excited? I mean, he's going to be in that backcourt that's going to feature his teammate from last year in Tyrese Proctor, and then two guys, Jared McCain and Caleb Foster coming in who are not coming in, you know, to sit all season. They're coming yeah. in to play. And so I do think this, though, my excitement level is super high because I think there's going to be some clutch moments this year Same. that we're going to need Jeremy Roach. I, I will temper that with, I believe, Jeremy and maybe to an extent Tyrese Proctor are going to have to understand that this year there might be a minute's decline a tad, uh, and meaning maybe they can give 110% for 30 minutes a game instead of 38 minutes a game, right? So I don't know. I do know that those two freshmen, we just spoke of Bronny James. 
those two freshmen, Jared McCain and Caleb Foster, made the LA Times All-City team over Bronny James. So those guys are ballers, legit ballers. And so all that to say, I'm not complaining. We're going to have depth. I do think there's going to be some lineups where Coach Shire maybe runs three guards and we play smaller. So I can see three of those four guys on the court together every now and then. Uh, but ultimately, man, I'm so happy for Jeremy. I'm so glad he's back. And I'm glad he gets that, that, that final senior season where they can really be honored and, and, and Duke fans can show him appreciation. Yeah, he certainly deserves it. He's done a lot for this program. And, uh, yeah, really excited to see what Jeremy Roach is going to be able to accomplish. Super excited was my excitement level yeah. when that news came through. Although I am really curious what the guard rotation is going to look like. But we have got tons of time on our hands over the next few days, weeks, and months to kind of speculate on all of those things. Well, so. and JJ too. I mean, you know this. Uh, what's one you know major thing that you've got to have if you're going to be successful deep in, in into to March and uh, April, and that is depth. depth. Yeah, yeah. Because there's going to be injury. There's going to be a tweak here and there. There's going to be whatever. Listen, it's Duke. Somebody's right. foot is going to mess up between <laughs> now and the time we start playing basketball. And so, like, to to think like, oh, we don't need or we didn't really have. No, we need every every talented basketball player that we could possibly get on our roster because we never know. And so like, I'm, yeah, I mean, any Duke fan who's not excited about him coming back is, is, uh, is kind of living in a different world. One more uh, break here on the program today, and then we'll wrap it up with a few more questions here on the mailbag episode of locked on blue devils. Thanks so much for watching and supporting Locked On Blue Devils. Thank you for making us your first watch or first listen each and every day. If you haven't done so already, again, please hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Like our videos on YouTube. Leave us a five-star rating and written review on your podcast platform of choice. All of those things continue to mean so much for us as you support us here on Locked On Blue Devils. Make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball as well with hosts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton. Those two guys, a one-two punch, a great duo, breaking down everything that you need to know going on in the world of college basketball. While we're not seeing as much transfer portal news as we were a few weeks ago, there's still a lot out there. Could Duke potentially be adding someone else? We'll continue to talk about that, but they're doing the same over at Locked On College Basketball. Again, it's available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Final few moments here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. All right, next question on our mailbag comes in. Uh, what is the draft stock for the Duke guys in the upcoming NBA draft? So I, I, that's Man. talking about Dariq Whitehead and Derek yeah. Lively II. What do that's, you think? That's, that's a tricky question, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I think uh, – I, I think obviously whenever you're talking about mock drafts and you're really talking about scenarios that play themselves out in the moment, right? Unless you you have those, even if, even the second pick, right? I mean, the Hornets are sitting there with the second pick. Everybody's like, oh, it's obviously going to be Scoot Henderson. Well, it's not obviously going to be Scoot Henderson. We don't know that, right? Like we don't know for sure. And so whenever we're projecting where a Duke player could go, especially when they're not a, a top five lock, which neither one of these players are, it's really a shot in the dark. And so what you have to look for is uh, which teams need uh, the types of players that these guys are. And I believe Derek Lively is a little bit easier to see the need, right? you got teams that could use a, defend, a defense, defense first 
big man, rim protector. He's got a seven foot seven wingspan. the the amount of The amount of improvement he showed from December uh, until the end of the season, right, was ridiculously incredible. So I I actually believe that we're going to see Derek Lively's name go first um, between the two of them. Obviously, Derek had injury issues, and then he's found out here over the last few weeks that he had to get some other stuff fixed with that same injury, and he wasn't able to be a full participant in anything, and he was just able to to meet with people. Um, and so I believe that's going to obviously – I don't think it's going to help Derek's stock. So we could even see him bounce uh, into the second round. Um, it would not surprise me at all if he was not a first-round pick. And so I think Derek Lively could go as early as the, the end of the lottery – and then I think he could drop to the end of the first round. That's my thought for Derek Lively. And it, and I have no clue where he would land, but I just know that he has a more defined skill set. Uh, Whitehead is, is that six-foot-six wing that can defend, shoot, um, and he's versatile. Um, I think he, he is going to be a late first round, early second round guy. Uh, just from what I've been seeing, and once again, Listen, I'm not I'm not sh- uh, Shams or or Woj or, or anything like that, uh, but I do try to keep my 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 tabs on it a little bit. I actually saw one. Speaking of lively, that had him as high as tenth. I think Dallas maybe has the tenth pick, right? And had him as high as ten to the Mavs, um, which would be I mean that would be incredible. Um, so that's what we're looking though. I think middle middle first round, uh, early second round, we're going to see both of those guys go sometime in there. All right, yeah, and you hate the injury news, obviously, like you yeah. said, for Derek Whitehead because that will unfortunately be a setback. But uh, knowing how well he shot the basketball, there's such great value in him, and I think he could still sneak into the back of the first round. So that's what I'm hoping for with Derek. Hopefully that happens. One more question to go. Here we go. How deep might Duke's 2023-2024 rotation be with all of these returning players? Again, we're going to be talking about this uh, for quite some time. They do have depth, yes. but that doesn't necessarily mean that you've got a deep rotation uh, with players that you're going to put out there on the floor. I believe this is the year. Uh, well, number one, the the depth plays into the way I believe John Shire wants to coach. Uh, that's my my opinion. I believe over the years between Jeff Capel um, and John Shire over the years, you know, they would get those a couple of games here and there where they would be the head coach when – Coach can right. be out with an illness or whatever. And I think we saw with both of those guys that they were both willing to play a, 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 the bench a little bit more. And so I do believe this is going to work in the, in the Coach Shire's um, favor. So you have the graphic up here. Um, we're kind of looking at this roster for 2022-2023. Uh, um, sorry, 2023-2024 is the one we're looking at. There is one spot open. That's not today's topic, but it does not look like uh, from what we're seeing, that we're going to be uh, landing the Kansas big man. Uh, yeah, that's been a roller coaster over the that last has few been. days. That has been. And so I, I don't know that we're going to fill that 13th spot. Uh, if, if, if there's a guy out there, I've not heard uh, his name. And so um, just looking at it, I do believe we could go 10 deep with this roster. Um, I am concerned, I'll be honest with you, JJ, not about being good. I don't know that we can be elite national title. And, and I love him, but and start Ryan Young at center. I, I don't, I don't know how that works. Um, I don't think Filipowski is a five. I don't think he defends the five. He's a better wing defender than he is a post defender. Um, and so I, I, I I'm going to throw this out here, and I'm, I, I'm not crazy. 
Okay, I'm not crazy. Okay. I, it would not surprise me in seeing how Christian Reeves was recruited. He came in and everybody's like, oh, he's going to redshirt. He's just not going to play. He didn't redshirt. And I'm not saying this meant anything, but he played well in the blue-white game. Right. He came in and we saw he can fill the post. He He's learning. Yeah. He went from a three-star recruit to not having to redshirt. I don't know, but like he seems like the kind of guy who could maybe take – some huge steps forward in an off season. And I'm not saying he's going to be a difference maker and, and put us, but listen, this is a program who sat Justin Robinson on the bench for three years. Right. And then finally in the senior year, we're like, Oh, maybe we should play this guy. And so like, maybe there's that scenario here, right? Where Christian Reeves is seven foot one. He steps into that role and he flourishes. He's not going to be asked to do anything offensively except grab the ball when it's around you and dunk it. If you're close to the basket. So, I don't know. I'd love your thoughts on that, JJ, because the way that I look at the depth here, I see the wing depth. I see the guard depth. I see the depth of the four. I don't see the five, uh, even though I see Ryan Young and Christian Reeves' name there. I'd, lo- I'd love your thoughts kind of even on that. Yeah. I, I, one, first and foremost, I had not thought about Justin Robinson in a while. I'm glad you brought him back up. The happy memories there with yeah. some of his UNC game highlights, um, for sure. But two, I, I think from the rotation perspective, we're still in a good spot for it actually to be a deep rotation. Mm-hmm. We talk depth. Obviously, that's there. You can see the talent level of these guys. But when you've got so many guards that in a lot of ways can be interchangeable out there and then bodies like a TJ Power, Sean Stewart, Mark Mitchell, mm-hmm. sam- similar body size and mold, like that has the opportunity for uh, a rotation to be in place. And then, sure, if, if it isn't another – scholarship player coming in right if you loot if you uh use that 13th spot to give scholarship money to your walk-ons great they deserve it they're such a big part of your program go for it uh but uh, I, I do think there is the uh, outside chance to your point that christian reeves was productive right like i remember some of those dunks he had in the acc mm-hmm. tournament against pittsburgh like duda was obviously recruited to play basketball at duke for summary that's how i walk away from a lot of this is you were given a scholarship to play basketball at Duke for some reason. So I, I think it is feasible that, okay, with 12 guys, you can make the most out of those 12 guys. Well, and, and, and I think you make a great point. And I'm just looking, as you were talking, I'm just counting this up. Okay, here, here's your top eight. Like, you know these eight guys are going to be in a rotation, okay? You have Ryan Young, Jeremy Roach, Kyle Filipowski, Mark Mitchell, Tyrese Proctor, Caleb Foster, Jared McCain, and Sean Stewart. Those eight are going to be in the rotation. For I mean, sure. There's no question. That leaves TJ Power, Jaden Shute, Christian Reeves, Jalen Blakes. Once yeah. again, there's not one of those players that if you say this guy's playing in crunch time, I'm not mad about any one of those four players being on the court during an important possession. And so – the depth, I mean, we talk about this. We're kind of deep one through 12. I mean, there's not – it's funny, you know, when you go up like we did big on Pittsburgh in the ACC tournament, and you're like, okay, we're going to clear our bench. Yeah. And when you clear your bench of scholarship – when your, your, your final five scholarship players include TJ Power, Jalen Blakes, Jaden Shute, Christian Reeves, and probably Sean Stewart, 
you're probably still adding to your lead, right? Even when you're trying to play your worst scholarship players. And so Coach Shire has his work cut out for him. There's no doubt in my mind he does. But I would much rather Coach Shire have his work cut out for him choosing from 12 guys that can play meaningful minutes than us saying, man, we got these six right here, and maybe a couple of these other guys are going to step up and be able to provide us a little bit of depth. You know, I love where, 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 where the program's at. I'm excited, and uh, like we said, it's unfortunate that we're so far away from the season taking place, although in some ways we're not that far away. I do want people to keep in mind June 1st, the NCAA opens up a practice period for Division I men's college basketball. So here we are on May 23rd, Josh, in a lot of ways, we're going to start to get that content of these Duke guys back out there on the practice Mm -hmm. floor when June 1st comes around. Yeah, I love how the NBA has seemed to open their mind a little bit more to some uh, some rule changes on that stuff, and I think it, it makes perfect sense. And, yeah, hopefully we stay healthy in the offseason. Uh, we don't have any foot injuries. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and we come into to the season healthy. But, once again, that's all the reason for the depth, right? If something happens to somebody, um, the reason why we just sat here and talked about 12 guys uh, is for that reason. So. Take care of your feet, people. That's our exactly. <laughs> Take care of them. They're very important. Josh, appreciate the time as always, man. It's good to see you. JJ, have a great day, man. That's my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk Section 17 Podcast. Their show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Go make sure you support them and the great work that they're doing. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.